It's finally really cooling down. No, I mean it this time. The high isn't going to get over 80 degrees in the next 10 days. And it is officially fall. My goats know it's fall, and they love the cooler weather. Today they were running along next to me after I milked. I know they wanted me to run along next to them. Sorry, girls. I'm a little too old for that. I'll milk you, feed you, brush you, scratch you, talk to you. But I won't run up and down the side of that mountain with you. Hello, this is Ernie Johnson, founder of Anashira, which is a sponsor of this podcast. Yesterday, I put a new bar of my Paris Nights soap in the shower. I'd forgotten how great it smells. I love fall in Paris. Most of the tourists have gone. The Parisians are back from vacation. And the stores and restaurants are all open again. The days are still warm. You can sit outside and sip a cup of coffee. Hey, you can go to Anashira.com and buy yourself a bar of Paris night soap. See for yourself how you'll be taken right back to Paris. Okay, let's go find out what happened early that Saturday morning at the Hotel Montegrappa. Saturday morning in late May in the town of Castelcuco. I had walked up the stairs to the second floor of the Hotel Montegrappa. I opened the door to the room where my three friends were sleeping. They were all still out cold. Hey guys, wake up. Moaning, pillows overheads. Go away, it's still night. No, wake up. I'm going with Ron to get our racing licenses. There are races this morning and we're going. Man, we just got to sleep. We can't race. Come on, get up. I need your USA racing licenses, your California or your Minnesota driver's licenses, and your two photos. Grumbling. Okay. They got up and rummaged around in their stuff. Ross. Here you go. Okay. Bob. Here you are. Thanks, Bob. Rick. Still poking around. Let's go, Rick. Okay. He hands me his racing license and his driver's license. Uh, where are your two photos? I didn't bring them. What? Didn't you read my instructions? Yeah, I didn't have time. I thought I'd get them here. Man, you can't get them here, not on a Saturday or Sunday. How do you expect to race today? I don't know. Mm. Okay. You guys get up, wash up, go down for breakfast. I walk out. Bob and Ross are staring at Rick. So I get down to Renato. We drive over to a town of Bassano del Grappa. It's a neighbor. It's famous for the Germans executing partisanos near the end of World War II by hanging them from trees all along the main street of the town. 31 partisans. One hanged in every tree on what is now called the Viale del Martiri. We weren't thinking of martyrs as we drove to the bakery of the local head of the Amateur Cycling Federation. Renato calls out to his friend. And he comes out of the back 
wiping flour from his hands on his apron. Ron introduces me. This is Ernesto. He raced with us last year. He needs a new license. I had my old Italian license to show him. Nessun problema, amico mio, he says to Ron. No problem, my friend. Ron then explains that I have three friends who want to race. He shows him the USA racing license, the photo ID, and the two photos starting with Ross. No problem. Here's the license. Then Bob. No problem. Here's his license. Then Rick. Hey, I'm missing two photos. Ron. Ernesto. Where are his photos? Uh, he forgot them. Forgot them? How could he forget them? I don't know. Signori, I need two photos. One for the license, one for my records. Renato, no photo, no license. No license, no racing. I say, well, can we make a copy of his driver's license? Of the photo on his license and use that? Copies? No, I need one original photo. Okay. Make a copy of his driver's license photo and then cut out the photo out of his license. Hmm. Hmm. Idea molto originale. Oh, that's an original idea. So he did. So we get back with their racing licenses. I go upstairs. I hand them their documents and their Italian licenses. Ross, Bob, then Rick. Hey, what did you do to my driver's license? You destroyed it. Yeah, well, you want to race today? It was the only way. When you get back to Minnesota, you go to the DMV. Tell them you lost your license in Italy, which is really true. They'll issue you a new temporary duplicate. Bob and Rick and I are laughing. It's funny for us, not for Rick. Come on, guys. Let's go down. We'll have a real coffee. Then we'll get you checked into your rooms at the convent. Then we'll get our bikes set up, and we'll be ready. So we went to have a coffee, and I showed them around, and we ate a wonderful Italian breakfast. Simple. Coffee, croissant, biscotti, some muesli, fruit. Actually pretty light. And we left at around noon for the bicycle races. They were about 45 minutes away. Again, we took some cold risotto so we could eat it there. On the way, Renato delivers his warnings to first-time foreigners racing in Italy. You three will be racing seniors, ages 30 to 39. Now, many of these men have raced as dilettante, that is, professionals, when younger. That's the lowest level of professionals. Remember, here you are all amateurs. Now, these men all have families and jobs. If they crash and get injured, it is a big problem for them and their families. You race smart, race safe. You will have more than 100 riders in your event. The streets are narrow. You must be thinking, all of the time thinking. Ross, I thought we were just racing at some village race, Ernie. Well, my friend, welcome to Italy. The town was wild. People come from all around. Carnival rides, a band playing, cafes open, people walking around, laughing, talking. So I watched the three of them. 
They were in awe. We parked a few blocks away. We'd eaten some cold risotto on the way over. We rode a warm-up around the edge of the town. Renato had told them, You'll be racing a circuit through the town, through some hills, then back through town again. It's a circuit about 10 kilometers, 6 miles. You will race 6 laps. Understand? He looks at each of them. My race was before theirs. I registered, got my number. Renato gave me a pep talk. Ernesto, you know what to do. Find someone smart and hang on his wheel. Bona fortuna. So I get lined up. Man, again, about 100 racers. We're off, just like before, fast. But I was stronger, and I wasn't as timid. I stayed near the front. Our race was just five laps, so after a couple laps, I see a couple guys right up next to me, talking, talking. Suddenly I hear, L'Americano, L'Americano, buongiorno, come va? The American, how are you? Molto bene, sto molto bene. These are the same two guys that I saw in the race last year. So we start racing together. We stay up near the front. And I'm working hard, and they're talking, talking, like they do, like they do every race. So about a lap and a half from the finish of the race, I hear, andiamo, andiamo, and we accelerate. And we get past a reviewing stand, and we're leading the race, the three of us. It was glorious. I'd like to say that we were still in the lead at the finish, but I had fallen back. I got passed by a swarm of superhuman, middle-aged Italians. But no one had pushed me, and I had some glory, and I felt great. My Italian buddies congratulated me, and Renato, he was pleased. So my three American buddies were next. They were all very nervous, somewhat intimidated, I know. I knew that feeling. The Italians all seemed to know each other, and they were all jabbering and laughing and they're off there's a big crowd it's cheering the crowd is laughing they're yelling now the peloton passes us and there's so many in the field we can well we pick out the three of them there they are together Renato these guys are flying they look like professionals three laps four laps the bell lap one to go they're still in there I yell at Ron the peloton is strung out somewhat, and they finish. Rick, well, he's in the mix. Ross and Bob are not too far back. Renato is pleased. Your friends did well. Bravo, bravissimo. Ron checks the results. Rick placed 13th, a very good result. They're ready to go and put their bikes away. Not so fast, men. Wait for the awards. What awards? I don't know what. It is, but Rick will get a prize. They pay 15 deep here. Okay, we wait around. They start with 15th and 14th. Then they call, Ricardo, blah, 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 come up. Rick walks up on stage and they hand him a salami, a really big, long salami. He walks back with a huge grin on his face. People are laughing, congratulating him. We slap him on the back. And he says, I don't even eat salami. Don't worry, says Renato. We'll help you out. So we drive back to Castel Cuco. Everyone showers. First one for them in a couple of days.
We meet in the restaurant with our teammates at a very long table for dinner. Oh, one development since I was there a year ago. Luca Bolson had built a wood-fired pizza oven bordering the dining room. He'd hired a pizza maestro by the name of Mario. Now, Mario was not someone you'd go up to and have a chat with. He was completely antisocial and wore a scowl on his face perpetually. But he could make the best pizza I'd ever eaten in my life. Simple pizzas, thin crust, light on the sauce, on the cheese, on the toppings. They were so good. But they only fired up the oven for dinner, so that's the only time you could get a pizza. I explained to them that we could start with one of those pizzas. Start with the pizza? Yeah. Then comes pasta, if you like. Then comes all kinds of stuff, so on and so on. So we each ate a pizza, then some pasta, then some chicken parmesana, then some zucchini stuff with ricotta, or some pan-fried eggplant with balsamic, basil, and capers, then a dish like osobuco or stuffed bracciola. The dishes kept coming. We didn't say much. Oh, my. Or can you believe this? I said to them the same thing others had said to me the year before. Save room, save room. There's more coming, lots more. The only conversation at dinner was about our racing. Man, can you believe how fast those guys are? Can you believe so fast and not a single crash? How about Rick winning a salami? I'd taken it into the kitchen to Luca Bolson and asked him to serve us some as an appetizer for dinners. Ernie, how about you and your Italian buddies? Yeah, it's wild. Renato was pretty happy. He sat and ate with a smile on his face. How about Rick's racing license? Nice photo. Yeah, great photo, Rick. After we finished eating and were sitting there, almost unable to move, I said, boys, I have a treat tonight. We're driving up to Oslo and sit at a cafe and celebrate our successful racing. Ron, very good idea, Ernesto. I said to them, Okay, you each brought a nice set of clothes. Go home, put it on. I'll pick you up in half an hour. Okay, we'll be ready. Ron and I drive up to the convent, and Bob and Rick are ready. Nice slacks, shirts, shoes, very presentable. Ross walks out. He's in a pair of, I couldn't believe it, bright, Blue, shiny, short shorts? Like running shorts? Ross, where the hell do you think you're going? To a bordello? We all laugh. I'm going to Oslo for a drink. Not with me. Not like that, you're not. I sure am. No way. You saw what I wrote in the instructions? One set of nice clothing. Nice slacks. It was clear. I wear this out all the time in L.A., we're not in L.A., and you're not going with us like that. You wouldn't leave me, would you? Oh, in a heartbeat. Now you have ten minutes to put on something presentable. Move it. So Ross gets out. He's grumbling and complaining. But he was back in time, and he looks okay, and we drive up to Oslo, back to the same cafe where we'd gone a year ago. Ron gave them the same recommendations he'd given me. Try the chocolate calde con panna, hot chocolate with whipped cream. We sat there, 
slowly ate or drank our chocolata, watched the people, drank the whole scene in. Bob says, can you guys believe we're here in Italy? That we raced our bikes and did okay? And that we're just sitting here taking it all in? And Bob made a great point. Normally we'd be running all day, rushing. We'd be worried more about what was coming than what we were actually doing. And here we were, the four of us with Renato, just being, just being in the moment. It was just great. So we drove home and got to bed early. I said, you guys want to come down and meet me for a coffee at 6.30 in the morning? Maybe we'll have a croissant or some biscotti to get us going. Ross, not me. Rick, I'm beat. I'm sleeping in. So I went to my room, slept, got up early and was down at the cafe before it opened. Guess who was there waiting for me? Bob. Ernesto. I'm not wasting a minute of time sleeping. We're in Italia, right? Hey, Bob, it's really good to see you. Renato shows up. This is great. I have friends to have a cup of coffee with. So we're enjoying our cappuccinos and Ron says, guys, we have another race today. Are you ready? Bob says, I don't know about Ross and Rick, but I'm ready. And so Sunday went pretty much like Saturday, except everybody knew more about what to expect. And we all relaxed some. At dinner that night, we discussed what we would do on Monday, which was a rest day. No riding, no practice, resting. What do you want to do tomorrow, boys? I suggest we have an easy morning. We can drive down to Castelfranco del Veneto, catch the train for a short trip to Venice. It takes us to the Santa Lucia station right in the city on the Grand Canal. I suggest we walk the city, eat lunch there, and make it back here for dinner. Sounds great. Yeah, man. So we caught the train for Venice, walked around, saw the sights. I'd been there, so I took them to my favorite places. It truly is a beautiful city. And we get home in time for dinner and had an early night. Tuesday was to be their first training day, and they were all excited. Ron said, today we're all riding around Monte Grappa. We'll have some sprints along the way. It will be a hard day, guys. So we got ready. We rode off. It was a beautiful ride. The roads in Italy are excellent. Many have bicycle paths, and the motorists are respectful of cyclists. We'd been on the road only a few minutes, and we pass a field. There's a farmer in it on his tractor. He stops the tractor and stands, and he yells at us, Andiamo, andiamo, let's go, let's go. That's how much the Italians love cycling. It was a beautiful ride. We'd blast through small towns, up and down hills. The whole way, this massive Monte Grappa is on our right, all the way around it. This was one of the two workouts when Renato actually rode with us the whole time. And he was in fine spirits, pointing out the highlights, talking, talking. So we're about three-fourths of the way around this, and we fly around a corner and discover a road repair problem. And it was poorly marked. And they had just coated the road with a thin layer of hot asphalt. Oh, crazy. We couldn't avoid it. 
I'll ride through it and it kicks up oil and asphalt all over us and our wheels and our gearing and our frames. We knew what that meant. An evening of tearing down bikes and cleaning everything piece by piece. So we get home and we set up down in the garage for several hours. Cleaning, stripping, putting stuff back together again. But there was no whining, no complaining. Hey, said Ross. It's just another story to tell our grandchildren one day. Wednesday was speed workout. Now, we had other people also training with us. Some young guys who were better than us, but good companions. Also, a married couple arrived. Their talent level was not quite the same as everyone else. Now, our speed workout took place on a fairly isolated road, straight, Two lane. And after a long warm up, Renato told us what we'd do. I'm driving. You get in a line right behind the van, close to the bumper. When I honk once, the first person rides out, out of the slipstream, into the road, and sprints past me. He goes until I honk twice. Then he drops off to the end of the pace line. And I honk, and another guy does it. You got it? Over and over. How fast will he go, asked Rick. You'll see, I said. So, if Renato were driving 20 miles an hour, it wouldn't be too hard. He started off at that speed. This is pretty easy, said Ross, after his first attack. I kept quiet. I knew what was coming. Then Renato picked it up to 25 miles an hour, which meant we had to jump out into the wind and drive at least 30 to pass him. This was getting hard. Rider after rider, you'd do laps and go back. To teach us respect, Ron increased the van speed to 30 miles per hour for the last cycle, which meant we had to go faster than 30 to get past him. And the slower we went, the longer it would take to get past him and get that double honk of the horn. This was a super effort for us, especially at the end of a workout. Oh, I didn't tell you that we had two faces in the back window staring at us the whole time. Ron had told the married couple, you're not strong enough for this workout. Get in the van. Oh, they were not happy. They glared at us for several hours, but they hadn't accurately described their fitness level to Ron and they were in over their heads. So we get back to the hotel and Renato says, let's ride up to Oslo is a cool down. I want to show you something. Sure, Ron. So the five of us hit the road and we ride up to Oslo. Of course, it's up a hill. Now, Castelcuco is not what you would call a beautiful, typical Italian town. Modern buildings, clean, but not exciting. Oslo, on the other hand, is spectacular. Small cobbled streets, stone buildings, many old stores and shops. So we ride over and we climb up into town. We're riding down a beautiful street called Via Robert Browning after the poet who lived there. I knew what was coming. Ron says, Look, that is the famous Fontanella at San Diazolo. We call it the cyclist fountain. And there it was, a pipe coming out of a wall, coming out of a mouth carved in stone of a face 
a small stream of water coming out of it into a carved stone basin. It's not large, but it's special. It was made in 1571 and it remains unchanged. Riders will stop here all the time and fill their bottles, drink the water. So then we stop at a small cafe, of course, for coffee. I counsel my friends to try a real macchiato. Ron tells him the meaning of the name, of course. And as we're sitting there, I turn to Bob and Rick and I say to them, remember when we sat in that place in Minneapolis, Espresso Royale, a few weeks ago? Oh yeah, absolutely. Remember when you asked me if that was what an Italian cafe was like? I remember, said Bob. And remember when I said, well, sort of? Is this how you imagined it? Bob says, no way, not really. You couldn't describe the sounds, the smells, the flavor of this macchiato. This is better than I ever dreamed. Renato tells him of the communal wood-fired bakery oven in Azulo. It's been here for hundreds of years. Women take their bread there to bake early in the mornings. Commercial bakers bake their bread there and they sell it. It's beautiful bread. Renato tells us, Tomorrow, you're riding up into the Dolomites. We climb Paso Role. You'll leave from the hotel. It's about 35 miles through small hills along a river until the real climbing starts. Then 15 miles up on narrow roads. The pavement is rough. I'll follow you up in my car in case something happens. The pass is 2,000 meters high, 6,500 feet. But you'll climb a lot more than that by the end of the day. You're way up above Timberline. So, eat a good dinner, get to bed early, sleep well, we leave early, and bring your rain jackets. It's threatening showers. You know, I thought we'd finish today, but I need to take my time to get through this adventure. This podcast is sponsored by Anashira. We make fine soaps, all made with natural goat milk. I hand milk my goats myself, so I can guarantee the purity. This would be an excellent time for you to go to our website, anashira.com, and buy some Paris night soap to celebrate fall. Yes, fall. Don't forget to enter discount code STORIES15 for your 15% discount. So I ran into a friend of mine this week in Asheville. We had a cup of coffee together. Her name is Marie, and she said, Did you know you were going to ride a tandem bike with Ross? Referring to the second Salvang century. Yes, I did know. He told me not to bring my bike. He said, don't worry, we'll have an easy ride. She then asked, have you ever ridden tandem prior to this race? Well, Marie, it wasn't really a race, although sometimes felt like it was. And no, we'd never ridden a tandem together. Ross had another buddy in Southern California. They'd ridden that tandem together frequently. So Ross, he knew what he was doing. I'd never ridden a tandem before. Okay, folks, please send me your questions. They may be the same questions that other people have, but just don't want to ask. Send them to my new email address, Ernie, E-R-N-I-E, at anashira.com. As we were riding home that day after coffee in Oslo, Bob rode up next to me and he said, Ernesto, 
Do you think we could drive up here early tomorrow morning? We could get some bread from that wood oven and I'll buy you coffee and we can eat it while we're drinking our coffee? Why, sure, Bob. I'd love to. I'll tell you more next week about Bob's last carefree, painless morning of this trip in my next story from Anashira.